Hello and welcome to Mice Cast with your hosts. Oh, just Mike and Shaft. <laughs> what, 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 where's Greg tonight? I almost, I almost did an autopilot there. Uh, where, where, the, where the frick is Greg? Mister McNaughton uh, apparently has through his uh, through his schooling has a secured a press pass for the Anaheim International Film Festival. And he said he worked the red carpet yesterday. And he's yes. there doing uh, whatever his school. The school's hooked up with the press pass, and he's there for his school and some other. So, as not give him any leeway, because when I have to do something that doesn't. Uh, he's not getting paid for this, is he? I sincerely. I mean, this, I, he, okay. This, he, this, this is schoolwork. It's not like paid gig time. He, he doesn't say. But I'm sure okay. we can ask him if he if he joins us if he gets home in time. So he's shirking his responsibilities to this show, <laughs> and he's not even working today. He's just going to the film festival. He because he did the red carpet the other day. He's just going to the film festival to watch the show. So he's shirking his responsibilities to this program because he wants to go watch movies for free. I guess so. And that would be the same kind of crap he'd give you too. It sounds like damn straight. But I'm, let's, I'm, let's, I'm, I'm, I'm I'm a little pissed on this one. <laughs> Now, let's just see. I'm typing into Google uh, Anaheim International Film Festival, and we'll just see what kind of crap. I mean, really, Anaheim has a film festival? Every yeah, time this is the first one I understand. This is the very first film festival. They want to make this an annual event in Anaheim. But, you know, I even walked... this To give everybody an idea of where this film festival is being taken place, there is a mall to the east side of the Disney compound, of the Disneyland compound. The Garden Walk. The Garden Walk. And there are theaters that just went, uh, they declared belly up a couple months ago, and they're under new management right now, so I've heard. So the film festival is being held in those movie theaters. Very nice theaters. I have gone inside. Really cool-looking th- uh, complex. Very nice. But that's where they're, they're, the film festival is going on, is inside the Garden Walk there. Um, but, you know, the opening of the film festival was, what was it? It was like Thursday or Friday or something like that. And I happened to walk through the garden walk and there wasn't so much as, oh, I take that back. I did find one sign referring to the film festival, but I haven't seen anything else. And there was one little uh, tidbit in the uh, local paper, the local Anaheim Bulletin about it. But there hasn't been anything really that much uh, built up about it. I'm just not quite sure about this thing. All right. Well, here's the uh, here's a press release that talks about the uh, Anaheim International Film Festival announces full lineup for its inaugural event. Multiple opening night films include Wild Target, Going Vertical, Monica and David's Sixteen Candles, and Summer Six- Wars. Huh. And hail to be closing night gala presentation. Festival will honor director Jonathan Lynn and Hector Elizondo. Hector, the- Hector Elizondo is cool. I know who Hector. I, I mean, but Jonathan Lynn doesn't ring any bells. All right, so let's see. I would have to go look that one up. Representing diversity lineup, except for uh, film awards, participate festival featured films including Jonathan Lynn's Wild Target, hmm. United States premiere of Academy Award nominee David Bradbury's Going Vertical: The Shortboard Revolution. Is that about skateboarding? Alexander Codina's Monica and David ah, Mamoru Hosoda, Summer Wars. A special shorts presentation, special presentation of John Hughes' classic 16 16 Candles, honoring the late director. Um, Gala evening feature red carpet entrances at the Garden Walk, screenings at Ultra Star Cinemas, and an after party in the beautiful Anaheim Garden Walk Courtyard. Beautiful. <laughs> the beautiful, beautiful and deserted. The beautiful and deserted yeah. Anaheim Garden Walk. <laughs> uh, okay, now it know. says they have 127 feature films and shorts. <laughs> huh. Let's see. You know, I have brought this up with the Garden Walk before and on, on this show. And I, I, I'm going to say it again because I still do not understand the whole idea of this. These folks, these developers, built a shopping mall next door to the Disneyland complex in in the Anaheim Resort area. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. If you are a visitor 
from far off lands coming in to, to visit Disneyland, you're going to pretty much stay, if you're going to do any shopping, stay in the Disney bubble and just stay in downtown Disney right there between the parks and the hotels and everything. Sure. Correct? Yeah. Now, for you and myself who live in this area, some of us closer than others, but if you wanted to go to a shopping mall and you don't want to deal with downtown Disney, aren't you going to kind of stay clear of that area? You're going to go to places like maybe the block or main place or something. So who did they build this mall for? I have no idea. (laughs) You know, they thought that it was going to be uh, busy, busy, busy. They put uh, they have plans to put two hotels or three hotels. I don't know. Uh, so, go figure. I, yeah, you know, it, okay. Now, if the hotels had people staying in them, are the hotels even built? The hotels, no, the were, hotels, are, the hotels were never built. In fact, uh, only I think this is only the first of four phases for this complex, and the developer is already declaring. Yeah, BK. Uh, yeah. BK, and he's in the process of trying to sell short. So um, there are two vacant lots on Clementine that are supposed to be two of the hotels that are just vacant lots right now that are not even owned by the developer. So nobody knows what's going to happen with those. And then the other uh, part of the project that the developer currently owns the land is the Anaheim Plaza Hotel out on Harbor Boulevard and a couple of those complexes. I think he even owns the uh, little mini mall right there on the corner that has the subway and the cleaners and everything on it. So, but he, in a smart move, has not torn down those yet because he's still making money so long as the uh, Anaheim Plaza Hotel is making, you know, getting people to stay there, so. Sure. Okay. Well, I, I would think that if, um, you know, if they had uh, hotels with occupancy, then the rest of the stuff would have business, right? Yeah. But I, I don't know how anything can stay One, one would think. I don't know. Well, there's some interesting films here. Uh documentaries and shorts 127 films huh new cult broken springs shine of the undead zombie bastards <laughs> bastards yeah and then some of these have you know normal people or not normal people but you know kind of known names right yeah and then the rest of these have cast of like you know high school buddies or whatnot <coughs> well greg uh, was telling me he, he went to the uh he, he, I guess he's taken advan- full advantage of uh, his press credentials because he went to the uh, film festival last night. He called me when I was out visiting uh, the in-laws out in the middle of uh, the desert. And we got to talking about a couple things because the film he had just gotten out of was some prison film that was filmed out in New Mexico. And uh, it starred James Cromwell and somebody else. But their big thing that he even got involved on the question and answer was they're using this one particular new camera called the red which is a very it's was very hyped up prominent video camera when it came out a couple years ago when uh, greg and i went to the uh, national association broadcasters convention there was literally a line that was about an hour long just to go see what the camera looked like and to go see what how the footage that was shot on it uh since it's come out i've heard a lot of reviews people are just mm, they, they say it's an okay camera it's it's neat but there's a lot of other cameras people would prefer to use so okay I, I was just kind of interested in hearing what they all had to say about the red there so it was interesting okay probably boring to <laughs> no, everybody else I'm just, the I, show, but i don't i i didn't uh i'm not up on that uh, area of expertise. And that, that's the other thing. It's funny. Now that Greg's a film student, suddenly he's coming up to me and talking about things like they're brand new. It's like, Greg, I've been talking to you about these things for years. So I, ha- I have to deal with them as a film student now. Uh, well, you know, <laughs> that's what comes around, goes around. But yeah, I, I guess this is the first yeah, inaugural International Film Festival. Uh, now, here's a f- something interesting, right? <clears throat> Two guys I went to school with. Uh, one was in the business school with me, and the other was in the, um, the well, the, the media school, I guess. I mean, 
school of broadcasting, right? and and they had a uh, yeah. they had a, a program of study that was a little less on broadcasting, more on well, it was radio, television, film. So he was a he was a radio and television film major at this Newhouse School of Journalism and Broadcasting. So they wrote a script together. Uh, shortly after we all graduated, they wrote a script and they sent it to me. They sent it to all their you know kind of friends to read and you know what do you think? You know it's a supposed to be dark comedy and it was it was pretty funny lots of funny moments right when you read it um but kind of like it was an odd kind of an oddball story but still worked right right then they finally decided you know what screw it we're gonna make this film they went out they you know raised the money million bucks uh they hired some actors they got their film permits um they didn't get all their film permits. They stole a few shots in New York City. <laughs> it's very interesting there. Who, who, who hasn't gone commando filming when you're on low-budget films? Well, you I, know, I had to do I that. Mean, like and, if, uh, if you have to, for example, if you, to, if you want to film any kind of scenes in a subway station, you need a film permit. Yeah. And they had like, well, they had like two trans, transitory little scenes that kind of part of a montage to set up this guy's life. It, it, it was like four in the morning in a subway station, right? Empty. He's the only one in there. <laughs> he said, we had to steal that shot. Well, but, it's like Pasadena is one of the absolute... Pasadena's old town. Old fogies live there. And it's one of the absolute worst cities when it comes to any filming. Big-time companies like Universal and everything will avoid Pasadena like the plague. They just don't want to deal with the BS of it. Okay, the particular shots I needed on a student film way back when, when I was in film school, had to take place on this one particular place in Pasadena. So I just kind of went there with a couple guys, and we kind of just looked like tourists and just dressed the touristy part, and we, we shot. We did handheld. We didn't use any uh, sticks out there because we didn't want to draw attention and just did very wide and stable shots, and we got the shots we wanted. Um, then when I was doing some stuff for uh, one of our other podcasts that Greg and I have been trying to work on, uh, I needed to do some shots once again in Pasadena. So what did I do? I took my kids out there, <laughs> and this time I did take the sticks and everything out. So mm. it's a very professional outfit, but I just was taking pictures of my kids. I, I was being dad out there, and then I took the shots that I wanted in between. So, <laughs> Well, hey, you do what you got to do. But, all right, so anyway, they, fi- they finished this film. Uh, they were out here. They are living out here. They, uh, they had a screening at the DGA uh, you know, there's a screening theater, the Directors Guild. Right. Right. They, yeah, we have some room. Come, come watch it. So I watched it. Um, they actually before that they even brought it. Uh, they brought it on tape to my house, and, um, and my wife and I watched it with them, and we're like, like yeah, it's a good movie, but it's hard. You have uh, it had moments, kind of a thing, right? It, it was kind of hard to take as a, as a whole for some reason, right? Yeah. And so, by the time I saw it at the DGA, like, three weeks later, they tightened some of it up, and then um, they have a really hard time selling it. Um, and they film, They went on the film festival circuit, and it went to every friggin' film festival you can think of. And every, and every film festival they ever went to, they almost got some sort of mention, right? First place, right. second place, honorable, whatever. It always came up, whatever, but they couldn't sell the friggin' thing. Yeah. So, finally... Um, Finally, they, they let me. I'm gonna look it up here on IMDb real quick because I want to find out the actual date and distribution. With fill in some blanks on my on my brain here. Uh, <laughs> well, you know, I don't want to be t- too far off. And uh, uh, come on, come on, characters, names, companies. No, <sighs> screw you. Computers. Wonderful technology, just enough to screw you up for your life. Well, you know, you gotta garbage in, garbage out. All right, there. That's right. All right, let's see. Filmography goes back, way back. We're talking. All right, so let's see what the actual date that this film. And once I click on it, I'll tell you the name of it. All right, so. There it is. Shows a release date of 2000, and I know for a fact they finished this film in 1998. <laughs> um, well, they finished it, but it was released. Yes. <laughs> so, um, he, I, 
I'll try to figure out who ultimately box office. Yeah, I said 900,000, company credits. Uh, it's not going to show in here, is it? Hmm, sorry. Um, Warner Brothers, huh, 2007. There we go. Goodness gracious, I had to dig deep. Yeah, they finally, in 2000, it shows a release date. Uh, just enough theaters to get it considered released for a movie, and then they sold it to Warner Brothers for, um, I guess, DVD and cable television. And I don't know if anybody's ever seen this besides anybody friends who was in it. I, you know, this is a... a full-on regular film, and, and it couldn't get released, and, you know, it spent two years on a film festival circuit. So... And, you know, known ones, Palm Springs, uh, Santa Barbara. Yeah. Um, those are only two at the top of my head I can think of. And they had a hard time making their money back on this thing. So so I think of the, an, an, where I'm going with this whole point is that they, the cheesy little Anaheim International Film Festival in a, in a shopping center that's bankrupt and, you know, one foot in the grave and the other banana peel and an abandoned... Uh, movie house. I, I don't know how that. I don't. <laughs> I don't know how that's going to gain well, any traction. It, you know, I, I don't. I don't want to make it sound all that horrible. It, it, the mall, despite going BK, is still open. Uh, the they have on the south end of it a number of restaurants are just going hog wild. They're great. Uh, you have uh, the California Pizza Kitchen. You got McCormick and Schmitz. You got Bubba Gump Shrimp Company, uh, Cheesecake Factory. All of these restaurants uh, are just going because they they are on Catella, and everybody can see them. They're doing great. The rest of the mall, as you go into it, kind of dissipates, and people just aren't going into it. So who knows? Maybe this might be something that'll draw them more into the theaters. They even have a great bowling alley. It's not a league bowling alley, but they have a very nice bowling alley. Down uh, downstairs, uh, I think it's uh, forty or sixty lanes in there, and uh, very nice. A l- little on the pricey because it's, it's like, like a, it's those, like a beer. It's like uh, the Lucky Strikes. Yeah, yeah, okay. So, but it, it's called the Anaheim Three Hundred, and they even have a twenty-four uh, hour fitness club down there too. It, you know, it has. It has potential. I don't, I don't want to bat. You know. You know. What do you? What do you? I don't want to bad mouth it as much as I have. It's just. <laughs> I just wish they thought of. You know, they just needed to kind of think. They they built this. They when they were building it, it was before the whole real estate bubble burst, and it just looks at it like uh, we forgot a few things here. I don't know. Uh, well, all right. That may be the case, but, but I would think but, that that if you have a film that, that's on the festival circuit, right, that's trying to get looks at eyeballs on it, uh, yeah. you, <laughs> you wouldn't go to <laughs> Anaheim's little cheesy film festival well, that's, like I said, in a bankrupt place. I just, uh, well, it does mention one of the founding sponsors of uh, this is Disney. So, you will definitely get Disney to look at it. <laughs> See, it's a tax break for them, right? That's philanthropy That's right. for Disney is what it is. It's nothing... Ugh, anyway. So, oh, uh, so, do you want me, do you want me to tell you the name of this film? Yeah, what's the name uh, of it? It's called film? Everything's Jake. Uh, Everything's Jake. Hey, start- I think I saw that on DVD. <laughs> Can you tell me who was in it? No, because it was like okay. a Target in the $5 pile. Yeah, yeah. Like it, uh, Ernie Hudson was... Uh, he was like the main character, and then they had a long list of other people making kind of like cameo appearances. Uh, Robin Givens, Debbie Allen. Uh, let's see who else did you would know? Villas Diller. <laughs> she was kind of funny. <laughs> uh, Stephen First, Dougie Doug. Dougie Doug. That's about it, really. That you would that I that I would think those are the people I recognized. Um, Make his huge investment in the movie community, Dougie Doug. Yeah, it was. 
Yeah, it was. It was seriously. It was like it was an interesting film. You know, it was about a a, a homeless dude who takes a, a, a freshly homeless guy under his wing and kind of shows him around, right? And the guy disappears, and turns out the the freshly homeless guy is really a writer. Yeah. And what he does to learn his parts is takes on these things. You know, goes and lives those lives. So yeah, it was kind of cool. Yeah. But like I said, that, that happened almost 10 years ago. Yeah. Uh, all right. So anyway, <laughs> so much for ragging, ragging on the International Film Festival. Um, on the first one at that. It's not like we even started on, you know, it's not like it's established yet. Like yeah. cons. Let's rag, let's rag on cons for a little while, Which shall con? we? Which con? Cons France. Huh? Cons France. Oh, con. Oh, okay. Yeah. Con. The film festival or, con. Okay. Yeah. Or, or, or let's rag on Sundance a little bit. In fact, what was it? I just saw, I was re, I did some shot, was doing some shopping at Target tonight. I was looking at a couple of uh, DVDs. Oh, there's a, a movie called Frozen. It actually does sound interesting. But uh, the, the whole premise is you have three friends that are doing a weekend skiing thing and they're going to go take one more run and they're going up the lift and they're getting halfway up the lift and suddenly it shuts down and all the lighting shuts down. In essence, the ski resort has shut down for the night and for the week and they're stuck up on top of the ski lift and there's a storm coming in. And so this is this whole little thing. They refer to this as jaw. They're 50 feet up in the air. They refer to this as jaws in the snow. This actually sounds more like, uh, what is that? Blue water, the one where the uh, divers were left out in the middle of the ocean, or something like that. I don't remember. I, okay, I didn't see, I didn't see that film. But. <clears throat> but the opening line, when you're reading the description in the back of this, this is the film that made viewers faint at Sundance. <laughs> okay, sure. Okay, maybe they passed out. It was that bad. I don't know, but it, it had an intriguing premise. I thought that does sound intriguing. Makes me want to go rent it, not buy it, but maybe rent it. Get it in the one dollar pile. The one dollar pile, okay. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, what else? I think. What else? I think we're done with that. Um, well, I will talk about trip to a new Disney store. Ah, yes, Disney stores. Fresh look at a new Disney store. So so how was your trip to a... Now, now is... Okay, is this a brand new Disney store, or is this is just the first time you've looked at this? Is it... This is a Disney store that started out as a Disney store that got sold to Children's Place. They got it turned into, you know, a discounter, right? Yeah. You, I mean, you went into Disney stores that were... That have been sold. Have you been into right. those? Yeah. I mean, it's like. Yeah, they were they were they were sold to. Uh, what was Children's it? Place. Children's Place. Yes. Uh, all the Disney stores were. It was originally Disney Company, and then they sold them all to Children's Place. Yes, and, and, and it, at that point they became like discount merchandise. Crappy discount merchandise. Yes. All right. So I guess. And then in the last couple of years, Disney has bought back. Yeah, the they Disney had, stores. They had enough, right? That's what the impression I got is they'd had enough of, <laughs> of, you know, the children's place is burning the crap out of their name, right? Right. So, um, this is a Disney store that I rolled into that had been, um, uh, you know, had been children's place turned into a discounter, right? And then now back into Disney fold and been r- redone. Okay, so... I, we didn't plan on going to this Disney store. We were, we were going. We were going to this mall for the Farrell's ice cream. Farrell's Farrell's restaurant. You you remember Farrell's, right? Richard? Yes. Yes. Okay. Good good ice cream. So, this place had a Farrell's, and we we're going to meet the whole family there for celebrating birthday. So we got there a little early, so we we're kind of walking around and ran into the Disney store. And you go in, and right away you could tell that it's brandy new because there's a bunch of people in there. There seems to be kind of like. Uh, a vibe of excitement and it looks completely redone. It doesn't, it doesn't even remind you. Okay. Do you remember 
All right, this is dating us right here. Oh, 20 years ago when South Coast Plaza had the second Disney store ever, right? Right. Okay, so we, we went in there, and you remember how it was, okay, it's kind of themed. You know, there's there's well, a the, there's a characters in little vignettes or scenes in the windows, right? And, right. The, and little... The, go ahead. I was going to say the original idea was each store at that time was going to be they were boutique stores and they were going to be individually themed the first one was at glendale of course yes and then the second one at south coast plaza and they were different from one another the first one in glendale was like uh, uh the characters in different scenes or something at uh south coast if i remember correctly that was all movie studio stuff it, it was supposed to look like they were filming different things in there yeah it, it- and when Santa Ana got theirs, main place got theirs, you know, it was a little bit, it, just a little bit different, but not as much as we were kind of expecting. And then, right. and then over time, they just kind of gave up that idea, right? But it was still cool to us. Yeah. It's a Disney, it, it was almost like taking well, a slice of the Emporium and dropping it in the mall. Yeah, and, and, with, and with the unique Disney theming to it, because it wasn't just four walls and racks out there. There was a lot to just look at for the sake of looking at it. True. Right? Go through. And then they had the big video screen in the back wall with the big, you know, mounds of right. plush in front of it. Okay. Right. So here we are, you know, 23 years later. And it's not like that at all. They've tried to... I, I, I hate to use cli- Disney cliches, but they plus it up. For example, you walk in... There's like a path on the floor. The, there's a path of tile that's a different color than the rest of the flooring. So it kind of like would lead you to the back, right? Okay. And there's two. So in a kind of, if you think of the, the front entrance as a whole, the proscenium, you know, the actual door area as a whole, this path would, would pick you up two thirds to one side, right? It was kind of offset. So in this major area in the front, was like a little castle that you could walk in. And if you were, you know, a kid, say four feet or less, you could walk in without ducking your head. If you were a grown-up, you had to duck to get in there. Now, inside, I didn't go in. I saw I saw from where I was standing, they had a quote-unquote magic mirror that you would go in there and the mirror would reflect different things or whatever. I don't know exactly what. I just saw a bunch of girls standing in front of it having a good time. If you go farther back, what added some depth is they had these trees that were kind of <coughs> flat. They were like figured drawings of trees, right? Right. And these drawings of trees, but they're cut out. They're cut out in the shapes of trees. And they're projecting images onto these trees. And the image they would project would be... <coughs> you okay? Yeah, gonna, that stupid little cough I'm still getting. That's why I'm stu- still sucking some water here. The, the, the cough you've had for... About a month and a half. Longer than that. Yeah. All right. Anyway. Anyways. But they would project, for example, they would project on there like a tree. It was like a fall-looking tree, right? A brown bark, a hole, right? And then the, it would go from a, a picture of a tree projected on the shape of a tree to, say, Jack Skellington. And various okay. Nightmare for Christmas things projected on, on the tree as a whole. And then it would change to a castle with other things. And it, it the projections changed. and But every once in a while, it would change to looking like a tree. It was pretty cool. Um, they didn't have the video screen. I sc- spy with my little eye tree. Yeah, yeah. yeah okay. They didn't have a video screen far in the back, like your weenie, like they used to, was on yeah. the side in a gazebo. And this gazebo had places for mom and dad to sit and places, you know, open floor space for kids to sit. And they were showing current things like you would see on the Disney Channel. Like, uh, when, I, when I rolled up to it, they are showing one of Tomator's Tall Tales at the time. Okay. Now, there was a board with events on it that I, I didn't get to look too closely at it, because I was kind of trying to keep track of two kids and whatnot. And, um, but apparently they have a schedule of things now going on. Now, that's as far as it got into the store depth-wise, about two-thirds of the way back. I'm making my way back up front. They had a ride maker station but um, the cars, you know, they have a cars. They have the cars characters for ride makers, right? So they had. Yeah, I've seen that. Yeah, they had 
not a full ride maker station for everything. They just had the cars version, little place there too, and they had some samples out there you can monkey around with if you wanted to. And then on the way out, there's a lady, very nice lady, asked me if I wanted to take a survey. Sure, why not? And of course, why not? So during the course of this survey, about you know, have you been to a Disney store before? What other Disney things have you done? Does this change your attitude about Disney? Whatever. Um, I found I found out that they had the store had just recently been remodeled, um, and there two of the questions were specifically on this magic mirror effect inside that little inside that castle. And this castle easily was seven feet tall, maybe eight feet on a side square, then with turrets on it. And I said no, didn't get to see that. Then she asked about the trees. I said yes, I noticed the trees. Um, and so they wanted, I, I guess that's some technology or some gee whiz or some, you know, I guess, pixie dust that they've, <laughs> they've added. And they wanted to know well, it, if anybody noticed. They want to know if they're getting their money's worth out of well, it. Well, sure. You know, uh, it seems like deja vu all over again. They've already gone through this whole, all right, we're going to, um, you know, we're going to make Disney stores. Everyone's going to have their own theme. We're going to do this fun stuff. And then once they open store number five, they go, oh, this is bullshit. <laughs> we're not, we're not going to make... You know, two hundred. We're, we're not gonna make two hundred individually themed freaking retail stores. It's does, you know, they're not gonna do that. You know? you know, the funny thing is, is I, I told, I was sitting through uh, one of those meetings up at, the, at corporate up at the studio, and they were talking about this. This is about, oh, I want to say probably around the late nineties, and they gave this whole thing that they were gonna make all the Disney stores generic and look this way and they were giving the designs and they're going oh this is great that's going to do this and i asked him i go what wait a second whatever happened to the whole idea of it? each store was going to be unique individual person oh no no we we can't do that we got too many stores out there to do that to be able to spend that much time with and that's when everything went downhill was after they went to that whole generic thing and they uh what was the term they uh, oversaturated the market and that's when they sold out for a short little while yeah well they're 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 making an effort. And one of the questions she asked me that made me think that um, oh, she asked if I was there for the store opening, and the store clo- or uh, or was going to be around for the store closing. I'm like no, why? Well, they have a ceremony every day. They have an opening ceremony at the Disney store every day and a closing ceremony at the store every day. And then she asked if I'd gone to the media center. Uh, no. I went in. I went and saw it, but you know, I didn't actually go and look around. Like, why? Because apparently they have a schedule of events, story times, and whatnot in this media center. Oh, and if you go in there and say it's your birthday, I guess they'll sing happy birthday to you or take you out. Give you a card. button. I don't know. She I'm said, sure "Oh, you oh, you just missed. They had a birthday here not too long ago." And I'm whatever. But they did have some <laughs> dude. They did have some dude standing at the entrance, greeting every single person that came in. And saying thank you to every person that walked out the store, regardless if they had purchase in their hand or not. Every girl, hello, princess, welcome. Uh, well, that's good. They should. And then every kid, every boy, what was they say to them? Some, some sort of, I want to say Buzz Lightyear reference to them. Space Ranger? Yeah, thank you. Howdy, <laughs> Space Ranger? Yes. You know, uh, <laughs> Pop it off a salute to that's that, that's the stuff I do at work. I, it's like you know, every girl when I when I open the park, every girl I greet is a princess. Uh, just about every boy I meet is partner. Uh, I usually yeah, that kind of goes with the whole yeah. constable yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. Unless I see them in, but I see anything that's Buzz Lightyear on, and then it's always Space Ranger after that. So, well, see that that guy was that guy had drank that Kool Aid. And he was full on selling it. I just, I just, I just wonder if you know, in six months, if he's still going to be singing now, that which, pitch with as much fervor, you know. Now, which store was this again? Mission Viejo. Mission Viejo. The okay, shops at Mission Viejo. There's only there's only two Farrell's restaurants in California. One's in Mission Viejo, and one is in Santa Clarita. Oh, I, I. I haven't seen them for a long, long time. The one I used to always hang out at all the time was the one down in uh, Huntington Beach. Yeah. No. So um, there was then, one. In, you know, I there was the there used to be Fud Ruckers all over the place. There was one right there 
at the at my college just down the street and i used to hang out all the time at fuddruckers then they disappeared there's one just down the street from knott's berry farm down here by my house so very cool going back to fuddruckers again i never got into that place uh you got to just just got to make sure you say the word right yeah well (laughs) either way so yeah um ferals so so yeah we just you know walked in walked out i took the survey for my trouble they gave me a a, a coupon for 20 percent off whatever i should actually read the fine print of that that was mighty nice of them well it'd be nice to see if i can use it you know disneyland yeah that's right here let's see questions can i read it holy crap well, I'm taking a quick look at the uh, Disney Store locator. The ones that I all re- that I remember are all still there. South Coast Plaza, Westminster Mall, Brea Mall, and Main Place are all still listed on the map. Well, yeah, I, I just uh, I just don't know if they've been reclaimed, so to speak, right? Reclaimed back yeah. to. All right, so valid uh, January 1st of 2010, January 31st, 2011. On any single purchase at Disney Store retail locations in North America excludes theme park passes, gift cards, or certificates, gift boxes, publications, and memberships, DVDs, videos, CDs, holy crap, Uh, (laughs) video games, wait a minute, video games, electronics, Blu-ray discs, phone orders, and shipping not valid in combination with any other you can tell me this with a tiny magnifying glass right yes with any other coupon or something like that dollar percentage off offers or prior purchases employees of the Walt Disney Company and their respective whatever participants or respective uh, family are screwed. Yeah, we don't we don't get to use that. So yeah, as yeah, the immediate family is not eligible, a coupon has no cash value. Maybe may not be like copied. I, Jeez, it's like I go over to Office Depot and they have these great coupons. If you if you spend fifty dollars, you can get ten dollars off. But then when you read the fine print. This excludes anything electronic, any software, any software media, any furniture. So basically, you have to spend $50 on paper and pens <laughs> because everything else in the store is, is doesn't count towards that $50 on it. So I get so excited. I go, oh, hey, I can go get some stuff. No, nothing I need over there is going to cost that much. I do not need to go buy $50 worth of paper. Well, basically they're saying you can't spend this uh, anywhere but a Disney store because it talks about uh, not valid on purchases at Disney Soda Fountain, wherever that is. That's in Hollywood. That's right right, right next to Jimmy Kimmel. Studio store or any World of Disney location. So (laughs) I can't use it in downtown Disney. Can't use it in downtown Disney, so... But there's a a Disney store in Riverside. I wonder how well that's... uh, If that's getting the makeover, I might actually have to check that out. Yeah, now I'm I'm kind of curious. I'm going to have to go check a couple of these stores and see how they're looking, see see what they're doing with them. I do remember the one at uh, Main Place when it came out was really nice, and the thing that they added up to it was that was, art was the like the art gallery the art gallery. Yeah, the gallery next door to it that had the real high end stuff and the gallery type stuff. And then when it was sold out to uh, Children's World, they ended up just getting rid of the one storefront and putting everything into the discount and it looked like you were going through pick and save through there yeah yeah when when um yeah when children's place took it over it was it really looked like walmart <laughs> yeah and i know the one over at brea mall was removed altogether i can't uh, it was some uh some new boutique with you know one of those clothing lines with the funky shoes the lady gaga designer clothes <laughs> in there um, you know, every mall doesn't need a Disney store. No, you know? no, not you're right. You're right, and and that was one of my complaints way back when. Was I thought they were kind of oversaturating the market. Uh, it, it was kind of like you get Starbucks on every corner. Okay, you're gonna you're competing against yourself. You're gonna shoot yourself in the foot. 
Ah, Starbucks. Did you have you been watching the William Shatner TV show? No, I'm. I haven't had a chance to watch it yet. Ah, uh, then never mind. Bleep, bleep. My father says. Bleep, yeah, it's fun. It's it. Well, yeah. you know, there's some funny stuff in there. And, and although we we can call it what it is on our show, we can say it's shit. My dad says, yeah. yeah. But <laughs> it, it's he he's got some he's got some decent comic timing, and it's it's kind of funny. Hey, you know it says. I think it, uh, my wife just read that it says birthday this weekend. Do you know how old William Shatner is? It's like 78, 79. <laughs> seventy nine. Seventy birthday. He's coming up. I know he's coming up by eighty. Yeah. Oh man, and he looks awesome. Looks good. So. All right. So, uh, do you want to talk about anything else Disney Store related? Um, oh. yeah, I don't, I, I don't know. It's, it's, it sounds interesting. I'm going to have to check it out myself. Uh, yeah, uh, it, it, it was nice that the company bought them back out. I hope the company does something well. I'm kind of wondering why they got back into the whole thing. <laughs> about that you wonder why they got back into retail yeah back into the retail i mean it seemed like they suddenly were diving out of that and they didn't want to deal with it anymore i know uh cbs just got rid of uh i was just reading they got rid of their cbs store uh down what is it uh, about two stores down from the ed sullivan theater they got rid of the cbs store they're leaving only two cbs stores in the country one is over at Television City over in Los Angeles, and the other CBS store is at the MGM Grand Hotel in Las Vegas. CBS as in the... the Television network. T- okay. So I, it's just kind of interesting. NBC kind of cut, NBC Universal kind of cut back their stores. Warner Brothers stores have all but disappeared. Uh, you know what? I went to Warner Brothers store on our honeymoon... I bought a T-shirt and I bought a uh, salt and pepper shaker that was Marvin the Martian and his flying saucer. My on, di- on your honeymoon, you're a wild. Yeah, man. well, you know, I, we we were at Caesars walking. Hey, never seen a Warner Brothers star go in there, right? Damn cat broke the freaking the flying saucer because that was the pepper shaker. He didn't like pepper shakers. He busted, <laughs> knocking it off the table. But so yeah, no, that didn't last long there at the at the uh, forum shops. Well, I mean, I remember being there, but there was a Warner Brothers store at South Coast Plaza, and there was a Warner Brothers store over at the Glendale Galleria. Now, those didn't go everywhere. They were they were kind of, you know, there was only a handful that I can think of that. And about the same time Disney sold off the uh, Disney stores to uh, Children's World, uh, Warner Brothers kind of just disappeared as well. You didn't see any of their stuff anymore. So it's just kind of interesting. Is this just a... You know, Disney getting involved. You hear so many different stories that Disney doesn't want to get involved in this. They want to go to that. And eh, it's just one of those things you just don't hear. You just don't know what they're up to. They, they, they I, I swear, I know they do. They literally do throw a lot of things up just to see what sticks on the wall. And then that might be something that they might pursue. Well, all right. If you want to, I guess if you wanted to fix it, right? I, I well, first of all, we don't know what kind of uh, contract they have with Children's Place. Could they go in and say, "Screw yeah. you, we want our name back, right? We want our stores right. back," or "Screw you guys are screwing this up. Shut all your stores down." Uh, <laughs> You're making us look bad. Seriously, seriously, it would be better for Disney to have no Disney stores out in the world than to have the crap. Oh, absolutely. The Children's Place had going on, and yeah, and and and, and you know, and I don't want to diss the Children's Place because. Um, as a children's clothing retailer, they do a decent job. Their prices are reasonable. They sell good stuff, and they have decent people there. But uh, to to have a Disney store name tacked on that same kind of operation just didn't it didn't do Disney any any good. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I think they'd have been better served to shut them all down. And I don't think they need to have a Disney store in every freaking mall. They don't even need to have a Disney store in every town. No, I, I, I agree. Uh, it needs to be a little bit more unique. Um, you know, if you, if you think... You're right. They do need to be more unique. And if you think about the first time around, the first door is in Glendale, right? Close to... Hmm, 
headquarters. Yeah, well, close to headquarters where suits can drop in and and see how it looked and uh, and make sure that it was what they had in mind, uh, right? Yeah, Glendale Gallery is the largest mall near both Burbank and the, both the studios and WDI. Sure, but aside from that, I would think there would be no other place in Southern California that would need a Disney store. Well, I can picture South Coast Plaza. Okay, South Coast Plaza, yes, because it's the largest mall on the West Coast, right? Right. But. Well, almost. Del almost still beats it, but pretty damn close. But, really? Uh, South Coast Plaza is 20 minutes from Disneyland. It's 20 minutes from downtown Disney in a world of Disney. Screw South Coast Plaza. They don't need a freaking Disney store. Yeah, they do. No, no, they don't. Drive to Disneyland. This it's is boot- di- because it's a boutique store, and that's what South Coast Plaza specializes in. I, I, you I get, hear you get a lot of people that will hit the South Coast Plaza that won't go up to downtown Disney or Disneyland. I hear all that, and you're right. South Coast Plaza is a shopping center of boutique stores. You know, a store for polo, right? <laughs> a store for right. any you know singular for any other fashion person out there. Yes, I understand that, but from Disney's standpoint of not diluting their brand. South Coast Plaza doesn't need a friggin' Disney store. If you want Disney crap, drive to Disneyland. Well, that's where I, I would agree with you on Main Place. Main Place doesn't necessarily need a Disney no. store. That's that's five minutes away from Disneyland. You know, I, I'll grant them the Galleria because it's close to headquarters and they need it to test and model, whatever. But San Diego gets one. Gal- you know, Glendale gets one. San Francisco gets one. That's it. That's all you need in California. In Las Vegas. That's oh, in California. <laughs> okay. Yeah. You, know, you don't Vegas, want to put one out in Barstow? No, no. Vegas gets one, right? You know, you can you can think of places, destinations, whatnot, but not every friggin' mall needs a, a Disney store, and I don't even think every town needs a Disney store. They want to do this over, create your demand by limiting your access to it. Yeah, I I, I would say you could go for a couple more beyond just three or four, um, but. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Not every mall needs one, and not not and doesn't necessarily need to be in every city. Especially when you're right here and within the greater LA basin between Los Angeles, Orange, Riverside counties, um, you you don't need to have there. There are so many different malls. You don't need one at every mall. No, uh, just just if a this handful, if this mall be, doesn't have it, drive freaking ten minutes down there. Okay. Yeah, go drive to the twenty next minutes mall. down there. Drive twenty minutes down the road to the next mall. And, and, and in that a business one sense, and in a business sense, that would that would work because that would make the malls actually want to compete to get your store in there. If it's a if it's a product that you think will sell, that they think will sell, then they're going to compete to get you in there. Where you can actually look at one mall and say, uh, "No, we're going to go with this mall." Rather than your mall, we can get better, you know, better exposure with this, and they're a better, us a better pl- price. Yeah, we're in a better spot, right? Yeah. yeah. So, but anyways, now I, I think I think we've taken a very uh, dull, dead look at a very uh, <laughs> you know neat topic there. We so. killed fifty minutes. That's, that's true. That's not so bad. Hey, you know, I'm taking a look. I didn't get didn't get any new mail this week. I was just wondering if you got anything new that uh, might pop up here. That uh, let me see. Uh, I got. Oh yeah. Um, I got a. I got a. A request to promote some information about the book called Vault of Walt. Yes, I glanced at that Vault of Walt. I have not seen the book, so I can't say anything about it. Yeah, you know, we used to have, it, there was a lady that would ask us, and she'd say, hey, if you want a copy to read, let me know, and I'll send you a copy. Yeah. This well, was like no, no, um, no offers for that. Yeah, I, I'd have to take a look at it. it you know, I, if it's anything like uh, Koning's book, which was interesting, but he got a lot of the facts wrong, and then uh, Wee's book, Here's a oh, this is very Again, interesting. Interesting, but mucho amount of facts wrong on that. Um, huh, huh, huh. These guys are dumb. Okay, here, here. <laughs> here's here. Let me promote Vault of Walt. All right, first the email says promote this info and information about Jim Cordis, his new book, K O R D I S, his new book, Vault of Walt. So I click on Anna, Amazon, right? Amazon sells every freaking book known to man. And, yep. and, so, yeah. and the name is Jim Corcus. 
Vault of Walt. Okay, Jim and what? Well, the what email, we the email, Jim Corcus. The well, no, I'm just saying the email has his name spelled wrong. Yeah. Okay. That's my that's, issue. That's 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 always a bad start. Yeah. All right. So, let's see. All right. I'll read you what Amazon has to say about it. Okay. Product description. What did Walt Disney really think about the religion and prayer? Why did the FBI keep a file of memorandum about the original Mickey Mouse Club? Was Uncle Remus really banned from attending the movie premiere of Song of the South? Were there dozens of feral cats living in Sleeping Beauty Castle at Disneyland? All of these true tales and more are waiting to be discovered between these covers. Jim Corcus is an internationally respected Disney historian whose hundreds of articles and presentations about all things Disney have been enjoyed by people worldwide for decades. Utilizing over 30 years of his personal interviews with Disney animators, Imagineers, and associates, as well as obscure and long-forgotten documents and many years of research, Jim weaves timeless tales and fascinating secrets about the lost world of Disney. Hmm. Really? I'm, I'm not... Um, it's not pressing my button yet. No. Uh, let's see. Um... He's an award-winning teacher, professional actor, and magician, and author of several books about animation. Group in Glendale, right next to Burbank, home of Disney Studios. His third-grade teacher at Thomas Edison Elementary School with Mrs. Disney, the wife of one of Walt Disney's brothers. Well, how many brothers did Walt have? One? Or no, a- he, had, he had like four, like five, I think. Okay. Upon discovering this fact, Jim took a large sea weasel paper and drew a huge picture of Jiminy Cricket, his favorite Disney character at the time. He gave it to Mrs. Disney in the hopes that she would immediately take it to Disney Studios where he would be offered a job and not have to learn his multiplication tables. Duh. Alright. I'm already bored with reading this stuff. Okay, I got something for you here. Okay. Um, this, this, are you ready for this article? I'm ready. This, this comes from 2003. September 2003. Hey gang, Jim Hill here. I am just depressed beyond all possible measures to have to bring you truly awful news, but Jim Corcus will stop writing for JimHillMedia.com as of today. Huh. <laughs> so he worked, he worked for Jim Hill. Interesting. He used to. He used to work for Jim Hill. So, okay. I, I'm sorry. My, I'm, I, I, yeah. Okay. Does not uh, push my button at all. All right, so so much of that. All right, so I'm going to remove this into the red pile. You are welcome, Arlen, World Chapter Editor, about Jim Cortis. Oh, excuse me, Jim Corcus. Jim Corcus, yeah. Right. Make sure you read it, the right one there. Yeah. All right, uh, let's see. No, that's about it. That's about it. You know, I, I, did, I, I was glancing at one letter here. And it's kind of it was kind of a funky letter. And did you read this one from Jim in Idaho? This is dated back in August twentieth, but August, about right, uh, hang on, August, 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 August. Jim in Idaho. Uh, any truth about the Skipper Dan song? That one? Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll just read what it says here. Hey, guys, love the show. I was recently listening to Skipper Dan by the man god Weird Al, and it made me wonder if those special people, I'm kind of wondering if he's referring to special people as the ones that get to go on the short bus, short bus yeah. uh, chosen to be Jungle Cruise tour guides are like Dan, actors who feel demeaned about doing this particular gig at D-Land. Do you have any stories or insights about these particular cast members, Jim and Idaho? All right. Um, well, I've only I've only known one Jungle Cruise skipper, and I don't think he was a frustrated actor. I think he uh, felt happy or felt good about being a skipper. He, I think he felt that it was the top of the food chain, uh, and he was also one of those guys that didn't really appreciate or enjoy. Wonton, uh, wonton tangents off the, the the spiel. Approved tangents were good in his eyes. Fresh off the cuff ones, not so much. So yeah, 
I, I've known a number of skippers. Uh, a couple of them I still talk to who are former skippers now. They've gone on to doing bigger and better things off into the company. I do not know one of them who was, quote-unquote, a thespian. Not one of them that was trying to be an actor. All of them were doing other things in other fields and other fields of study in school, and this happened. And they happened to be working at Disneyland as an attractions person. Now, like you said, uh, Jungle Cruise is the top of the food chain. Everybody wants, you know, anyone that wants to work attractions, everybody says, I well, not everybody, because a couple people just flat out do want do not want to have anything to do with it. Well, you know, they're not comfortable speaking in public, right? Right. Or they're, they're performing. They're very comfortable doing their little, please remain seated, push the button, and send the vehicle on through the dark ride. But there are a number that like, they, they like to be the goofballs, and uh, that's basically the the predominant person I've seen in there is your class clown, for the most part, that likes to get in there. But they've all, like your friend, the majority of them I've known, have been very professional about it and stayed on the approved spiels. Uh, there's a couple that complained when they had a crackdown about 10, 15 years ago on going off the, the approved spiel. There's a couple that complained and even got taken off the attraction and they kind of went off on their own thing, doing their own thing. But I don't know of any actors that are there. They're, they're just attractions people and they have, they like being on the Jungle Cruise. Now, the Jungle Cruise has taken kind of its its uh, it, it's kind of become almost almost legendary as being on the top of the food chain. They just had a international competition of Jungle Cruise skippers, where we sent two of our skippers. I think I think the competition was at Tokyo Disneyland, but we sent two of our skippers. Walt Disney World sent two of their skippers. Paris, Hong Kong, or no, Hong Kong doesn't have it yet, but Paris. Uh, Everybody sent uh, a couple skippers over to he who could do the best skipper uh, on the Jungle Cruise, and they're talking about having another competition maybe at Disneyland or World this next year. So it's it's really taking a life on its own. But no, nobody. I, I don't know of anybody that is a feels as a demeaned actor doing the thing. But I do like Weird Al's song. And I, <laughs> Uh, when we went to go see Weird Al this summer over at the fair, did he do it? Of course he did. He did do that song, and it's great because Disney, I, I, I'm you know, totally Disney gave him a Jungle Cruise costume to wear while he's doing this song on stage. Right down to he has the current name tag on with Dan on it. Really? So, yeah. He he comes out on stage, and he's just wearing this black cloak. It, it looks very similar to the type of cloak that the uh, keyboardist wore when they're doing the uh, Jedi yes, yes, okay. song. And he comes out wearing the cloak and he's playing uh, the da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da going through the whole thing and then they throw off the cloaks and they're all in Jedi costumes. So in this case, Weird Al comes out and he has his hat with a feather stickied in it, that, the black hat with the bright green or red feather. It looks like a thespian planning to do in this cake covering up and he's going out to do Shakespeare and he starts the song and then he throws it off and a stagehand comes on and grabs the one hat off and puts on a jungle cruise cap and he continues on with the song so it was great nice bit of theatric there yeah it, it was a, it was really good but so I hope that answers the, the, that question that uh, the, the the skippers are uh, they, they, they have all different fields of study in fact uh my neighbor's daughter married a uh ex-skipper from the jungle cruise he's a business major he was going he was taking getting his uh uh business uh degree while he was working as a skipper on the jungle cruise so he's gone off to bigger and better things down in san diego county really yeah the only one i know of and i guess it's a good thing that Greg is not with us tonight because Greg does not like this guy. The only one I know of is a guy I still work with quite a bit he, uh, with Cast Television, Cast TV, and uh, he is an ex Jungle Cruise skipper, and he 
still continues working with uh, television. I take that back. There's a couple. Of, he still works with television and that type of stuff, but it was never as you know being a actor that just happened to be the attractions he worked on. He worked at, uh, at uh, Big Thunder Railroad, Jungle Cruise, uh, Treehouse. It was just the, that particular rotation. Another friend of mine, he's in charge of audiovisual over at USC. And he's a former skipper and a Big Thunder Railroad cast member, so... Yeah, there you go. A start in every high school play. <laughs> sorry, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Close so, off on that song. <laughs> so... Uh, all right. <laughs> uh, anyways. I, all right, so... I think we filled our hour. Okay. That works for me. Good. Works for so, me, too. So I will put that one into the red mail section here. And uh, I, I, I have my MiceCast mail here and stuff that I've read. So people, if you want to write, please write. I have my mail working again. Are you getting it on your phone? I need to talk to you about that after. Uh, <sighs> okay. Oh, <Joe. laughs> okay. So... But anyways, but I do have it on the computer. So the first thing I did before we started the show up was I was taking a look. I didn't have any new mail that came in this last week. So please write Greg at MiceCast.com, Mike at MiceCast.com, and Shaft at MiceCast.com. Yes. Uh, we're still looking. If anybody has uh, more show ideas, and uh, we kind of went across a little bit of it with uh, the new book, but we're more than happy to do some more Mouse Busters if you have any questions on True. some of the things yeah. going on. Yeah. So, and that, that that includes the studios in the movies too. We're not we're not afraid to go dealing in that. No, we're not afraid. <laughs> we might bullshit our way through it, but we're not afraid. No. Speaking <laughs> of studios, uh, headline today in the paper uh, officially today, I guess uh, Dave Smith retired. So, oh, Dave. We, we knew it was going because he's he's had this whole big retirement thing going on for the yes. last couple months. He's but on I the guess farewell tour. He's officially uh, gone. I, I I'm not quite sure who. Uh, is taking over the archives. I'm going to have to run over there and take a look. But yeah, that would be awesome to find out if you could. Yeah, that would be cool. Let's see if I can find that one out. So, was, all right. Well, with that, then uh, I guess we'll say good night. Yeah, and why, why don't you close off with that song? So, all right, I'll, I'll drop. Again. I'll drop it in at the end. Or you can just play it right now. Oh, fine. Okay, but, drop it in at the end. Well, uh, whatever. If, yeah, I'll drop it in at the end. Okay, so, Mike, good night. Good night. A start in every high school play Blew every drama teacher away Graduated first in my class at Juilliard Took every acting workshop I could and I dreamed of Hollywood While I read my Uta Hagen And studied the Bard Hit the boards and paid my dues And got phenomenal rave reviews I knew the world was gonna love me Without a doubt I was sure that Tarantino would be calling me
Jump. 